For a little girl growing up in an abusive home where there was emotional, physical, and verbal abuse at the hands of her father, it would be natural that she grew up with a very low self-esteem and very shy and very insecure. Well, Marisa is not those things any longer. She has completely healed, and not only that, she has taken ownership of her part and in what she can control, and Ultimately, she has forgiven herself and she is at the most incredible level of peace. I am so excited that you can meet Marisa Ferreira and hear her story. Do you ever think that you're running your life on autopilot? Well, that was me. For over 40 years, I was dealing with a past childhood trauma that hadn't been fully addressed. Even though I had gone to therapy and I've done different methods of healing, there was something missing and I felt incomplete. And then a couple of years ago, I realized what the answer was. My name is Lynn and I'm here to help you advance your healing to a brand new level where you can fully embrace the femininity and beautiful, sexy mama who you are. And I want to share that with you through this podcast. Myself and my guests are going to inspire you with our stories of our healing and how we have truly triumphed after trauma. Hi, everyone. We have an awesome guest today. We have Marisa Ferreira. Hey, Marisa. Hello, hello. Hey, I am so glad that you're here and you're you're coming in all the way from Colombia. Yes. Columbia, South America. I always say South America because I think most people, if I say Columbia, they'll assume in the United States because who goes to Columbia? South America, right? (laughs) Or British Columbia because I'm from Canada originally. So yeah, so I always throw in South America because most people don't expect me to be there. Okay. Well, this is really awesome that you're here. And I think you're my first, no, no, I guess my second international guest. So this is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is really awesome. You are running your own business virtually, yeah. which is so exciting that you can do that even with the pandemic and just, mm-hmm. you know, you're in a foreign country, but you can serve people, English speakers all over. That's exactly. really awesome. It is. It is. What, what's your, what's the most exciting thing about what you do? The most exciting thing is just being a part of uh, witnessing the transformation of the people that I work with and just seeing the healing that takes place. That just uh, really, really speaks to my soul. So that, that gives me the, the most joy. And that's why I do what I do. That is amazing. And you have success, clearly, because you see it. Yes, and I've lived it. I, I'm also my own success story, which we can talk about <laughs> Yes, yes, I want to hear. So tell us, what is, what is your story? Well, um, like many people, I grew up in a dysfunctional family. And I know that word is kind of thrown around a lot. Like most people say, we've all come from dysfunctional families. And, and that could be true to some degree or another. And some are more extreme than others. And in my situation, I was born of Italian immigrant parents. And they brought kind of their, the ways from the old country, as they used to call it, the old country, uh, to Canada, where, where I was born. And my father was very, very strict. And his method of discipline was really a lot of emotional and physical abuse. And it was very traumatic for me as a child growing up in that environment. But I didn't know that that wasn't normal because 
I mean, I didn't, my, my relatives, they were pretty strict too with their kids, maybe not as extreme, but then, you know, a lot of times people behave differently when they're with other people. So I just thought everybody's families were like that. If they were in the privacy of their own home, that probably that's just the way it was, because how would I know any different, right? Exactly. So, yeah, so it was pretty scary. I, you know, I was, I was, I, I didn't even know that I was traumatized until later, but it, it did cause me to really shut down and really lose my voice and lose, I had no confidence, no self-esteem, no self-worth. It was, um, you know, pretty sad, but I, I didn't know um, that I was actually abused until I was in college and I was watching a, a movie. I was taking um, early childhood education as my, my program and we were watching a movie about child abuse. And as I was watching it, my jaw just kind of <laughs> dropped to the ground because I started to see things that were going on in my house. And I thought, oh my God, is that what that is? <laughs> you know, that's not normal. That's not the way it's supposed to be. So that was a really rude awakening for me, very, very much so. But I, but I knew that I had to start healing or I was going to, you know, have a really difficult life. So when you, that's, that's really remarkable. You were in college. So what, in your twenties, early twenties? Actually, because I'm a November baby and I only went to grade 12, I was actually not even 18 when I started college. I turned 18, you know, school starts in September. So I was 17 for another couple of months. So I was in college from then till my, you know, almost 21st, 20th birthday, a couple of years. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I don't know if it was first year or second year of college. I don't remember. Probably first, I would expect it was in a probably a child development class or a psychology class that I was taking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when you, so you, you said, you know, you, you were in this college class and you realized, oh, wow, this is, this has been my life. And then you said, um, you knew you needed to heal. What what made you realize I have work I need to do? Well, one <laughs> because of the some things, people, yeah. if, if I can just say some sure, people, sure. They, they might not think they need to heal because they're out of the situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, that, that's a good point. But the problem was it <laughs> brought me with me into my new situation. Okay. And, uh, and, and one of the challenges I had, even in high school, I had a really hard time making friends because I was so shy and so insecure. Um, I didn't realize at the time that I had this kind of energy around me of, you know, don't come near me. Like I had this protective shield around me. So I interpret everything like nobody wanted to be my friend. Like I wasn't likable. I, no, nobody was interested because I'd see, you know, other people, you know, getting together and going out together. And so I told myself, well, you know, once I go to college, it's going to be different because it's a new environment. It's all new people. Nobody knows me. So I have a fresh start. So I was really excited about that opportunity. But what I found after my first year of college is it was exactly the same thing. Like I was not being invited or included when I heard other girls in my class talking about going to the movies or I'd hear them talking about having gone out to dinner. And I thought, why isn't anybody inviting me? Like, am I not? And I mean, I, I thought I was a nice person. I thought I was friendly, but I just was not being invited. And I didn't understand at that time. It was the vibe I was putting out. I, you know, I learned that later that no, nobody invited me. And so I thought, you know, I need to start 
looking at what this is all about. Like I'm so afraid of people. I'm afraid, so afraid of being hurt that I energetically was keeping everybody away from me. So I, I knew that if, if, if I wanted to ever feel happy or feel connected with anybody, I, I needed to get some help. So I started going to some counseling. Okay. And yeah. when, when I hear of a young person, you know, I would consider you were a young person um, yeah. back then, have, you know, realizing, okay, I need some help. I need to get some counseling and I want to make some shifts in my life. By the way, I just have to say, that's pretty remarkable that you realized that you could get help because some people don't even, they, they don't even believe that it's possible mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they just accept the way things are, or they want to change other people mm -hmm. and not themselves. That's the case. Yeah. I think for me, I, it was hard to just look in the mirror sometimes. Sure. Um, but I want to ask you as far as resources, what kind of resources were there for you? Did you involve your family in paying for counseling? Well, actually, I was very fortunate because at the time I was, um, I was, in, I wasn't, I was at a college, but it was in a town that was, my sister was going to a university and I had friends going to the university nearby. And at the time I was practi uh, practicing Catholic. So I was going to the services or the masses at, at, at the college, or at the university. And there was a nun there that started having these kind of group circles uh, to just talk. And I think she must have picked up something with me as well. So she invited me to meet with her privately. And so I started meeting with her privately. And, and I remember there's one conversation we had that was really a turning point in my life. And that was she asked me, because at the time I was living in an apartment with two other girls who were sharing. And um, she said to me, so how do you feel when your roommate you know, she mentioned her name when she comes home, like, how do you feel when she's been away and she comes home? And I'm like looking at her with like a stone face, right? Like I had no clue. And then she said, well, what about your other roommate? You know, how do you feel when she comes home? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, and I realized that I had no feelings. Like I, they were just completely non, not present to me. I was completely shut down and it really scared me because I thought, oh my God, I have no feelings. Like, how can I have no feelings? What if, is this how my life's going to be? Like, I'll never be able to, I started thinking I might never be able to feel loved by somebody or feel yeah. like I can love somebody. And, and that really, really shook me up. Um, so That's she started working thing. with me. It was huge. It was, I'll never forget that, that session with her because I was, oh, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. I, because I, I mean, I liked my roommates. It's not like, you know, I had, I liked them. We got along, but there was nothing really deep inside of me that I could, really feel and I thought wow I, I cut that off just because feeling was not a safe thing right there was too much pain in my mm. past in my upbringing it just was safer to just shut it all off and not feel it right so it took a while <laughs> before I could you know feel and, and give myself permission and, and you know part of the healing my biggest fear was that once I uncovered what was there, I was afraid the pain would be so deep that I would just become a complete basket case and not be able to function in society. Like that was really my, my biggest fear of really going in. Because so I thought once I'm in there, like, what if I get lost there? What if I, in trying to find myself, I just completely break down and then I can't, then what do I do? Right? 
it didn't happen because of course I wasn't doing it alone. So I was being, you know, monitored and, you know, we went step by step and, and that's what you need to do because it is a scary place to go, right? You don't know what you're going to find. You don't know what you've buried that you wanted to forget, you know, it's just a lot of unknown. So it was a scary process and incredibly liberating at the same time. And it's an ongoing one. I mean, that was in my twenties. So I just turned 62. So I'm still on a healing journey and I'm, you know, uncovering more and more layers and it's, 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 yeah, I just think it's something that it can support anyone and everyone. Right. I think it's awfully remarkable, Marisa, that at such a young age, you had, you, you were so, um, so aware, I guess that's the, the best word, so aware of what your life could be like if you didn't change. Mm-hmm. And do you realize how remarkable that is? I, 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 I'm able to see it more now because I remember even, you know, back then being at some group with, you know, older people and, and they were saying to me like, you're, you know, you're really wise beyond your years. And they'd say these things and I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. because again, the self-esteem part took some time, right. right. And the self-confidence because I was afraid of speaking or, or connecting with anybody. So I don't know, maybe it's because I spent a lot of time alone in my own inner world that that happened. I'm not sure, but I realize now that a lot of the decisions I've made through the years um, were ones that they were major decisions at young ages that a lot of people um, don't make. Like even in my early twenties, I was engaged and um, ended up, you know, breaking off an engagement because I felt, I just felt in my soul that it, it, it wasn't the right person, even though I was really in love. So it's a hard, you know, that's a hard thing to do. I think mm. I was like 21 or 22. And, you know, and how do you tell people? How do you explain that? Well, it's just because I'm just feeling guided to that this isn't the right person. And, and, and I just did it because I felt like it was the right thing to do. And, and I know it was because when I broke it off, my fiance at the time said, well, you know, if you hadn't broken it off, I would have, because he wasn't ready to get married, but I don't believe he would have done it. I think what would have happened mm-hmm. was we would have gotten married like most people, because I already bought my dress. I had the bridesmaids. We had the hall booked. I mean, you know, everything Right. So to just <laughs> call your mom and dad, by the way, <laughs> it's off. Yeah, that was, uh, and that was in my early 20s. So when I look back, I think, wow, that took a lot of courage to do that. It sure did. You had this inner voice that was, that you listened to. I think that's really remarkable. So let's, let's divert a little bit and talk about what you do now to help people. Sure. Well, because of my past and the trauma that I experienced with family relationships, I also healed those relationships, especially with my father. That was the most traumatic one because he was, you know, the the abuser really. And, and I feared him, you know, I was afraid of him. And so I avoided him when I got older. Like, you know, when most people, like I mentioned, I went to college, everybody's like homesick and can hardly wait to go home for the weekend. And I'm like Mm -hmm. calling home saying, Oh, I can't come home. I have a lot of work to do. And I really need to study. And my parents were really, you know, wanted education was important. So I knew they'd never give me a hard time. But the truth was, I just didn't want to be in that environment. It was, you know, still the same thing going on every time you'd go, right? So 
Uh, yeah, so because of the healing work I did, I was able to heal my relationship with my father and just really forgive him without even saying to him, I didn't have to go up to him and say, I forgive you. I didn't even need to confront him because I knew that he wouldn't even understand that. Like he, because in his world, and I understand that now, and I did, you know, when I went through the work is that he really, what everything he did was because he loved us, which sounds really bizarre, but in his mind, if he wasn't really as strict as he was, he was afraid us growing up in you know, Canadian culture, we were gonna stray and become you know, alcoholics or drug addicts or prostitutes or whatever, promiscuous kid, girls, because he had three daughters, right? And so he was terrified and he was young. He had us when he was in his early 20s, right? So right. he didn't, he wouldn't have seen it as abuse. And for me to, you know, he had a role. His, Sounds yeah. like he had a role and exactly he took it seriously. And he did. And he provided for us. Like he made sure, like he paid for our education. He worked day and night, like in construction. I mean, he, he, he would have died for any of us, right? He, he would have because he really did love us. But I, as a kid, I knew he loved me, but it, that's kind of confusing too, because you know, he, he, somebody loves you, but then they're treating you in this way that, you think they could kill you by accident or your family, another family member or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, and so I didn't need to confront him and say, you know, dad, like, do you realize that, you know, the way you, you disciplined us as, ki as kids, like that was abusive on some level, I think he actually knew and, and didn't, I don't know if he ever forgave himself to be quite honest. I think he had remorse, but I think it would have just caused him more, pain and unnecessary pain to bring it to his attention. And I didn't feel the need to do that when I was going through my healing work, because I really came to understand that he really was coming from love, even though, and it's not to condone his actions, because I really want to be careful about that. I'm never, you know, suggesting that just, you know, stick around with someone who's abusing you because they don't mean it. No, as a kid, obviously, I had no choice. <laughs> I had to stay there because I had nowhere to go. But, you know, the, the fact that he was doing the best that he could, and when I learned about his childhood, was, which was pretty horrible, too, I mean, he didn't know any better, right? So right. once I was able to forgive him, I was able to create a relationship where I wanted to be with him, and I could really feel love for him and compassion. And I'm really grateful that I was able to do that um, before he passed away because he, he did pass away in 2015 and I spent, you know, his last couple of months as one of his primary caregivers and it felt really good to be there because I wanted to be there, not because I felt like I had to be or should be or obligated to be, you know, as a daughter. Um, so it was really, really wonderful. So that's why now I'm really committed to supporting anyone who's challenged with a family relationship. It could be a parent, it could be even a spouse um, or, or a sibling, right? Or in-laws. Some people have a lot of trouble with their in-laws, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I just know that, and it doesn't have to be as traumatic as mine either, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be somebody that's gone through a lot of trauma, but just any challenges where they're not feeling that, you know, looking forward to getting together with family and really enjoying their time together. And they're feeling like they can't speak their truth, or there's a lot of conflict or drama, or they try to avoid stuff. So those are the, the, the people that I love to work with if they, if they want to be able to move through all of that and really come to a centered place of, you know, knowing who they are and being able to have, you know, healthy boundaries and, and knowing how to communicate that in a really loving way. And, and how can you be compassionate and empathic with people 
that maybe don't understand things the way that you do. Because my father would never understand the stuff I learned through my healing process. I mean, it, it wouldn't make any sense to him, but he didn't need to understand for me to show up different in our relationship. And he responded to that because he could feel it. It's energy, right? So there was yeah. an energetic shift in our relationship. Yeah. Wow. You just said that so beautifully, so amazing. Um, how you, you took ownership for what you could do mm -hmm. and, and it was not necessary for your healing for him to understand, mm -hmm. um, for him to even just, I mean, you didn't even feel it was necessary to spell everything out to him mm -hmm. because, I mean, you really fully took ownership and what a, what a powerful message. So, um, yeah, really, really amazing. I'd love to continue this on another episode. Thank you so much, Marisa. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Of course. So please tell our listeners how they can contact you. And so you're, I guess the main thing that you help people with is relationships. Yeah, family relationships, although what they learn from me can be extended into relationships with coworkers or friends. I mean, it, relationships are relationships. I chose to focus primarily on with families because that's where people seem to have their biggest challenges in being able to stand in their power and, and have their boundaries. They have an, an easier time with other relationships. So uh, that's primarily my focus. Yes. Terrific. And how can people contact you? Well, they can go to my website, which is magnifyyourmagnificence.com. And if they'd like, they can pick up, a, I have a free guide there just to help people get started in creating healthy boundaries, learning how to say no in a loving way, in a courageous way, so that they can get on the website as well. Oh, that's beautiful. That's awesome. So boundaries, um, doing it lovingly and respectfully, honoring themselves. Mm -hmm. And others, because we can have a boundary by saying, no, you are not doing this to like, it can be very forceful and very pushing people away, right? That's one way of creating a boundary. But I'd like people to find a way where they can heal enough that they're able to stand in their power in a loving way and say, no, that's, that's not acceptable. Wonderful. I love this. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here, Marisa. Thank you. Being homeless for anyone is extremely difficult, but then when you're 13 years old and living on the streets with no family, no one to support you, uh, making the best of what you have, being surrounded by really, really dangerous and awful circumstances, it was better than being at home. And that's the story from my friend and our next guest, Cheryl Sosnowski. And her story is so beautiful because... God intervened, and I am so eager for you to find out what that was and how her life has transformed, and now she is healing others who've gone through many difficult things. I think it's awesome that you've spent the time with us today, and you know, my guests and I, we have been through a lot to heal our trauma and to get to where we are today, and I hope that you've been inspired. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Don't forget to share it with other women who you know are looking for some more resources to help them along their healing journey. Also, go to our website, 
thesexymama.com where you have an opportunity to book a call with me where we can talk together. I can assess where you are in your healing journey to see if there's more that I can do for you. And we have a private Facebook group, which is an amazing resource for you for women only. It's called Triumph After Trauma, and I will catch you next time.